Welcome to an inspirational message from Creekwood Church. We hope that you have an encounter with God and discover practical ways to help you live a life of purpose. Come on, let's give it up for all of our dads one more time. Happy Father's Day. Man, it is such an honor to have all of you with us. And uh, I want to give a big shout out. Last weekend, we had 113 people get baptized at Hawaiian Falls. How awesome is that? Um, one of the coolest things I've ever seen, we had, we had a family with three generations get baptized at the same time. A 92-year-old man got baptized. The dude was stronger than me. It was ridiculous. Pastor Stephen was baptizing him, and I think he pulled Stephen down. He was so strong. And then he, his uh, son got baptized, and his granddaughter got baptized. It was a really cool experience to watch that. And so uh, just an honor to, to celebrate with those getting baptized last weekend. And um, I, I, you know, with today being Father's Day, I wanted to talk real quickly about the difference between Mother's Day and Father's Day. One of the biggest differences between Mother's Day and Father's Day is that Mother's Day happens during the school year. And what that really means is that the teachers help them create these arts and crafts, okay, for the moms. And so the moms get these really cool things like Landon made, he's a 10-year-old this year, and Landon made this Mother's Day coupon book for, for mom. And it has all this really cool stuff. Like I'm reading this going, this entitles mom to one foot rub. I'm like, what? That's awesome. And this entitles mom to uh, a back rub. I need a back rub. And, and this entitles mom to dishwashing. And this entitles mom to one hour of quiet time. I need quiet time. And my, what I'm saying is we don't get the arts and crafts because Father's Day is in June in the summer when it's hot and nasty. And I want crafts. That's what I want for Father's Day. And we don't get it. The other thing that happens on the difference between Mother's Day and Father's Day is on Mother's Day, you come into church, one of the biggest weekends of the year, and all we do is we just celebrate moms, and we just love on our moms, and I make the mistake up here of saying something stupid like, moms, you carry so much weight. Oops. Not that kind of weight, you know what I mean? And, and I'm like backtracking, and, and, but we celebrate, we love our moms, but for Father's Day, we have these messages where we're just like, dad, you stupid. Think, and you can do so much better, but not today. I'm telling you, not today. We're going to hook the dads up today. We're going to give you a word of encouragement today. We're not going to talk about who you aren't. We're going to talk about who God has made you to be. And everyone said, amen, amen, amen. Um, you know, I, um, every time Father's Day kind of comes along, I think one of the things that I think most about is that time is precious, that time is precious. This is like rolling by. And um, I have, I can't believe I'm about to say this. My oldest son is now 14 years old. 14. Some of you knew him when he was a little bitty baby. And he is now 14. And I was thinking about doing then the math the other day. Two-thirds of the days, Braden's at home. They're already over. So, like, it, time is so precious. And our window of opportunity to actually be able to shape and mold our kids is for me, I know, I'm noticing it's getting smaller and smaller. And so James 4.14 says, what is your life? You are a mist that appears for a moment and then it vanishes. It appears for a little while and then vanishes. So if life is a mist, I better be creating moments in the mist. My dad, man, I want to honor my dad today. My dad created some moments in the mist with me and my brother and 
you know, my dad took us to Rangers games all the time. And I remember my dad, every time the umpire would make a bad call, the whole place would just boo. You know how it is at a Ranger game. Boo. And my dad would wait till that, till the crowds settled down. And then he would stand up on his own and go, boo, by himself at the Rangers game. And I'm like, dad, oh my gosh. You know, and what are you doing? And dad, and he, I finally said, dad, why don't you boo with everyone else, man? Be normal. And dad was like, no, if I boo with everyone else, then the ump won't be able to hear me. Like he wanted to be heard. And that's my dad. It's kind of like Pastor Matt's dad. Our dads are weird, but they're moments in the midst that we make with our kids, and it's so important. One of the most important memories that my dad, I, don't, I think I have with my dad, is my dad, um, on a school night one time, he took us to a movie. And I remember thinking, like, wait, it's a school night. We're not supposed to go to the movies. But it's like he, he prioritized time with us over school. And it was one of the coolest things, except we went to see the right stuff, which was like a four-hour-long movie. And so we didn't get home till like 2 a.m., I remember that. And I probably failed my test the next day. I don't know. It was probably a bad parenting move. But it was so awesome. And I'll, I'll never forget that. It was a moment in the mist. And, you know, to this day, I try to create moments in the mist with my kids. To this day, I take my kids to a movie on a school night every single semester. Not every single day, okay, but every (laughs) single semester because it made such a memory in my heart and in my mind that my dad cared more about me even than my education. Um, And Elise and I, we make our own memories, you know, at least once a month. Uh, we, we, uh, we get this craving, and so um, we, take, we, we try to take our family about once a month to really one of the, the, the holiest places. It's, just a, it's a place where God really dwells. And it's called Krispy Kreme, and, and, <laughs> and honestly, the Holy Spirit just dwells right where the icing comes over. You know what I'm saying? It's like the Holy of Holies right there. It's like, and, and I told Elise, she said, what do you want father, for Father's Day? I said, all I want is to be laid on the conveyor belt at Krispy Kreme <laughs> and to just be iced. I just want to be iced. And I just want to lick my arms. That's all I want. All Father's Day, I just want to lick as it dries. You know, can put me in the microwave for seven seconds and then just give me just amazing. <laughs> Pastor Matt yesterday, yesterday told Elise apparently that that's just a gross image. Okay, but... <laughs> But it's what I want, okay? And it is Father's Day, so um, I, can, I can say what I want. Um, I want to talk a little bit today about what are we exposing our kids to? Because what we expose our kids to is really what shapes and molds them, and it's, it really kind of dictates what they're going to become. And so um, we have to acknowledge, no matter how much you try to shelter your kids, no matter if you do public school or homeschool or private school, no matter how much you try to pr- uh, shelter your kids, they are going to be exposed to some wrong influences, Like, you have to admit that. Just by being alive in 2017, your kids are going to be exposed to some really, the wrong influences, just the darkness. And so they're going to be exposed to peer pressure. They're going to be exposed to an over-sexualized world. They're going to be exposed to prejudices and materialism and racism. They're going to be exposed to this darkness. And if that's the case, if our kids are going to be exposed to this darkness then it is one of our biggest jobs as fathers, as parents, to expose our kids to the light. And, and, and John 1.5 says it's so great. It says, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. I'm telling you, no matter how much darkness your kids are exposed to, because I've listened to parents all the time, and they're like, oh, I don't want to raise a kid in this world. I mean, this day and age. I'm like, man... 
God has a plan for their life. Don't get so discouraged about the darkness. It is there. But his light is so much stronger than the darkness. We have to understand that. And what we have to do is expose our kids to the light. And um, my ultimate goal, my ultimate goal is to raise kids that want to fall in love with Jesus Christ. I would love for that to happen. But here's what I've learned. I cannot make them fall in love with Christ. I can't do it. In fact, if I try to do it, they will rebel. Am I, am I right? Your kids will rebel. If you make them do anything, they'll rebel. And so um, what I've learned is my whole role as a parent is to lay the wood around them, to lay the kindling around them, to put, put the match right next to them, to create the environment where they can light that fire up. But I can't make them love God, but I want to create that environment. I want to expose them to the light. So I have three areas that I think it's so important about as a, as a father what we are to expose our kids to. And the first one is we need to expose the power of honor. We need to expose the power of honor. I think honor, um, it is a lost art. Honor is a lost art in today's world. Um, I believe there's no better time than Father's Day to, to honor. And we, we talk about, man, we honor you, we honor you, we honor you. But honestly, we shouldn't just be doing it today. This should be every day of our lives that we should be honoring our parents and um, honoring our, our authority figures in our life. And this is interesting. According to a survey, a man's number one need is honor. Some of you are about to say sex. I know what you're about to do. Actually, in that survey, sex is number two. Honor is number one. Now, women did the same survey, okay, and um, sex was number 13 on the needs list for women. I'm like, how on earth is it that far down? And I looked in front. Do you know gardening was number 12 for women? <laughs> Unbelievable. That is, that is, what is wrong with you? I mean, honestly, you guys are weird. We're going to talk about a series, right? That series, we're going to do a new series on the needs of a woman. We're going to try to move that up. And I don't know how to make it happen. I really don't know how to make it happen. Pastor Stephen's going to make it happen. Um, but I believe honor is a lost art. And I want to read the scripture that most of us know really, really well, but I don't know if we paid attention to it like we need to. Mark 6, 1 through 5 says, Then he went out from there, and he came to his own country. This is talking about Jesus coming to his own hometown. He's been healing people all over the place, and he comes to his own hometown. And his disciples followed him. And when, he, when the, the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him, that such mighty works are performed by his hands? Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Are, and are his, not, and are his not, sisters not here with us? So they were offended at him. Underline the word offended or write down the word offended. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country and among his own relatives and in his own house. And this is the thing that's so important. Now he could do no mighty work there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. I think that verse, verse five, is one of the most astonishing and shocking verses in the Bible that this son of God, our savior, Jesus Christ, the creator of the universe, is trying to heal people in his own hometown, but because they didn't honor him, 
He couldn't do any mighty works there. That is the Savior of the world. And it made me think, how much more, if we don't honor our parents and our father, how much less will they be able to do a mighty work, right? I mean, if, if, we, if the Savior of the world couldn't do great and mighty works, couldn't perform many miracles because of a lack of honor, how much more are we affecting our father when we don't honor our father? It's huge. It affects, honor affects your father. Honor affects your authority figures in your life. And that word offense, I said underline it because if you are offended by someone, you will not honor them. You have to clear the offense up if you're ever gonna honor someone. That's what the Bible said. They were offended at him. You know what the reason they were really offended at Jesus? It's because they were familiar with him. He was the carpenter. He was the carpenter. They knew him as the carpenter. I know his brothers and sisters. This is his own hometown. They were offended at him. Like, what are you doing? Why are you doing it? What are you talking? I don't, I knew you like that. I didn't know you like the son of God. And so our fathers, we're familiar with our fathers. We get off, we, we know how bad their breath stinks at, in the morning. You know what I mean? We're familiar. We get offended at them. And if you're offended at your father, you will never be able to honor your father. And you might say, well, if you knew what my dad did, you'd never be able to honor my dad. And I would say this, there's a difference between respect and honor. Respect is earned. Honor is given. We give honor. We get, just The fact that you're here means your dad did something for you. We give honor. We may not, he may not deserve our respect, but we give honor. You are affecting your father when you don't honor your father. He can't do many mighty works. And then here's the crazy thing. It actually affects you. Ephesians 6, 2 says, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise so that it may be well with you. It totally affects you when you don't honor your parents. I believe there are so many people that your life is not going well. And if you will trace it back, I guarantee you it has to do with how you are honoring, how you are honoring not just your parents, but your authority in your life. So many times we, I see people who are, who are frustrated with their boss, their, their authority figure in their life. This could be a male or a female. And we, because they have authority issues, they will shame that, that boss to other people. They will not honor that boss. And so often what happens is they'll go, I'm going to quit this job. They'll go get another job. God will often put them in the same exact position with a very similar boss who's the exact same way and they're frustrated against because God's trying to work out an authority issue in your life. If you, don't, if, you are, if you have an offense, you will not be able to honor. You're affecting that person, but it also affects you. Most people forget the story of Noah. Noah, when he gets off the ark, gets drunk and then he gets naked and the Bible says that his one son actually sees him, makes fun of him, goes and tells people about him. He doesn't honor him. But his other two sons see him and so honor Noah, they won't even look at his nakedness. They took a blanket, put it over their shoulders, walked backwards to Noah, laid the blanket on Noah so that they would never see his naked body. The, the Bible says that those two were blessed. The one that didn't, that didn't honor him was cursed. It's huge. Honor is so important. It affects your father, but it also affects you personally. And I want to honor my dad today. Um, my, I've watched my dad lead the way in honor. 
My dad served in Vietnam. He served our country well. He honored our country. He was blown up in a Jeep. He has a picture of the Jeep that has no tires, no wheels on it. He keeps it in his Bible to show the the favor of God in his life and how good God is. He has honored his country. He has honored um, my mom. My, My parents will be married 48 years on August. And honored my mom. I've, I've watched him do that. He honored his parents, never heard him say a bad, ugly word about his parents or his in-laws. And he has honored me and my brother. To this day, if I drive up to Bryan College Station where the Holy Spirit dwells, if I drive up there, what happens is I'll drive up, in, turn into the cul-de-sac. My dad has like a sixth sense. I'm telling you guys, he will be outside waving at me. I didn't call him. I don't know how he knows. He's a freak. He knows the weather. And he knows how far I am from hell. I mean, that's the way he, and he will wave just to say, I love you. I want you to know I love you. I'm not going to wait for you in the house. I'm waiting for you outside. And it's like he honors us so well. Honor. It's a lost art. Expose your kids to the power of honor. The second thing we have to do is we have to expose our kids to the power of God. I know that sounds like such an obvious thing to say, but I think we do that two ways as parents, and especially as dads. We expose our kids to the power of God in the church. In the church. And this is the one of the, I think it's one of the easiest ways as a dad to lead our families is by saying, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And we're going to make going to church a priority. Um, I believe this, that parents, anytime you say, do you want to go to church this weekend? I think it's one of the most dangerous things you can say. And I'll be honest, I've said it before. You wanna go to church this weekend? I think it's so dangerous because if you look in our world and our society, very few things are actually optional. I mean, you don't say to your kids, do you wanna go to school this week? (laughs) Our kids would love that, by the way. (laughs) Landon asked me every day of his life, can I stay home from school? You know, and uh, I'm like, no, well, I broke my arm. I don't care. Well, I hit my head. I really don't care. Okay, my eye came out. Go to school. Like, it doesn't matter. Most things aren't optional in life. When you're on a team sport, you're playing a basketball team, you don't say, hey, do you, really, you want to play in the game today? No, this isn't an individual sport. You signed up for a team. This isn't optional. Most things aren't optional, but somehow, some way, we make church an option. And it shouldn't be. And if you overrule church for other things, but you never overrule other things for church, you are sending a message to your kids. Man, it's beautiful outside. Let's stay home from church this weekend. Man, it's raining like crazy. Let's stay home from church this weekend. You know, we had a busy week last week. Let's stay home from church this weekend. You know what? We have a stressful week this coming week. Why don't we stay home for when is, the, when is it ever going to be right to go to church? It's never going to feel right to go to church. You just has to make, you have to make it a priority. And I'll say this about honoring my dad. You know, my, my mom and dad, we went to church every Sunday, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. I mean, we just made it a priority that we're going to go to church. And that's what they always did. And we lived in Cincinnati, Ohio for a few years. Do you know we lived 35 miles away from our church? And went every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every Wednesday night, every time there was an event. And it was just something we did. And I remember when I was 13 years old, I I told my parents, I said, hey, um, do you think I could stay home from a Sunday night service? And they were like, you know, you're 13, you're getting old enough where you can start making some of your own decisions. Why don't you, we're going to let you stay home. But we're we're trusting you with this. We want you to be able to make your own decisions. I said, okay. And so the next weekend came by and I said, 
you know, I think I need to stay home again this Sunday night. And uh, I just, I don't know, I feel like I'm supposed to study or something, you know. And, and, and my parents were like, you know, we told you it was your decision. Third week came around. I really think I need to stay home this Sunday night, Mom. Um, I just think. And so this went on for about the fifth week. And on the fifth week, I said, I think I need to stay home. My mom said, Brad, I asked you to make this decision. And I'm giving you, I was giving you this authority because I thought you could make this decision. You are obviously not mature enough to make this decision because you're not, you are continually saying you want to stay home. Brad, the Levin's family, we are Christ followers. We go to church. This is what we do. This is a priority in our life. And that's what they communicated. To this day, it's one of the things that I'm, I'm so grateful that my parents didn't waver on this one. And here's what they were saying. We go to church to worship God. We go to church to be spiritually fed. We go to church to serve God. We know Pastor Stephen is going to be pleading to God to get a message for me. So the last thing I'm going to do is miss that. I'm not going to miss one worship song. I want to be part of the presence of God. We're going to go to church. And I'll just say this to dads that, and I realized this yesterday when I was speaking this, like I'm preaching to the choir here. You're here. Okay. So like, I'm not trying to make anyone feel bad, but what I'm, I'm trying to make people understand how important it is to expose your kids to the power and the presence of God in the church. Dads, lead the way in this. Like, lead the way in it. Don't have your parent, your mom, or your, your, your son, or your daughter, or your wife pleading you, with you to go to the church. Lead the way with it. And I think the second thing, the way we expose the power of God to our kids as we expose the power of God in our own lives. And um, I believe the secret sauce to being a great parent is your closeness to God. In fact, I've learned in my life, the closer I am with God, the better my relationship is with my kids. The closer I am with God, the better my relationship is with my wife. And so this is, it's the secret sauce. It is, it is the thing that is so important. And one of the things that I, I was reminded of this week is that you have to remind yourself as a dad, and this is very difficult to do this once you become a father, you are a son first and a father second. In other words, your source as a son is from your heavenly father first. And then you are a father second to your kids. I think we get that out of balance sometimes, that we get our source from our heavenly father. And what I've learned about my own kids, because I have a 14-year-old and a 10-year-old, um, is that they, are, they have this like, they, they can smell a fake. Any of your kids, can they smell a fake? Like, can they, can they tell when, they have like this hypocrisy meter, like they can know when you're being a hypocrite and when you're being a fake. And this is when it's so dangerous as parents is when we say, you know what, we have children, we've brought children into the world. You know, I think we're gonna do is I think we're gonna go to church now because we wanna raise our kids to be well-rounded kids who love God. And it's so dangerous when you don't make it a priority to love God yourself as a parent. Because what your kids see you doing in church and then what them see you doing at home is two different things and they can smell a fake. I've noticed that, that about my own Kids And what I've learned about kids is that if you don't have it, they won't want it. 
If you don't have it, they won't want it. When I got a lawnmower and I bought a red lawnmower, guess what color Landon's lawnmower had to be that he towed it around the little yard, this little fake lawnmower? It had to be red. It had to be red. If, they, if I don't have it, they don't want it. And so what I've learned is they'll start doing these weird dances, all right? And so they, they, I've learned certain dances um, Landon, show me, can you come up here and show me this? Hurry though, hurry though. I need Landon. Come on, give it up for Landon. This is my youngest. Boy, this is awesome. Okay, so show him the dance that you did the other day. Just show him. Come on, get it, get it, get it, get it, get it, get it, get it. Okay, and what I seriously, I started, so the other day I saw him doing that and then I went like, I just started doing it, okay? And I started doing it. And they were like, what are you doing? And then Braden came in and started doing it. He didn't want to come up here. But all three of us were doing it. And, Lan- and Elise was in the bathroom the other day. And I said, let's just do this. And right, and so she comes out and she looks it up and she says, stop. That's what she did. All right, let's give it up for Landon. Thank Landon. Good job. And what happens is I, they'll teach me a dance. They don't teach me dances. I learn. I just watch them. And then all of a sudden they'll be like, Dad, what are you? And they'll literally go, Dad, stop. Because they know that's not me. They know I don't dance, okay? I have, I have no dancing skills. Or I'll say something stupid like, catch me, catch me outside. How about that? Catch me outside. You, know, you ever see Dr. Phil? Okay. And, and they'll be like, Dad, stop. But I promise you, if I go up to their room at night and I begin to pray over them at night and I begin to pray over, God, would you move in a mighty way over Braden's life? God, would you move in a mighty way over Landon's life? God, would you make them passionate for you? God, would you, would you make them leaders in their generation? I promise you they don't say, Dad, stop. Because they know I'm not being a fake. Because they know that God is my source. And I'm not up here today telling you I have faith because I am a pastor. It has nothing to do with whether I'm a pastor or not. God is my source. The other day I was thinking about this, and my mom and dad had told me several years ago that that they have prayed for me every day since the day I was born. And the other day my mom said, you know, we still pray for you every day. And I'm like, 41 years every day, do the math, 365 days. Like, that's crazy. And it hit me, this epiphany moment, like, oh, my goodness. I realized the credit for what I'm doing right now, the credit for my incredible wife, the credit for my incredible two boys has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with some parents that made it a priority to to expose the presence and the power of God to a kid in the church and in their own lives. It's so important. Proverbs 22, 6 says, Start children off on the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not depart from it. It's huge. And I was thinking about that verse because I think there's a lot of people that can struggle with that verse because you can say, man, I wish I had started my kids off in the way they should go. And kind of what I've learned is, God is a master at grace. And so if you didn't raise your kids in the church, I'm here to tell you it's not too late. You start saying, you know what, I'm gonna make God the priority over my life. I believe he'll still honor that verse. I really do. And so I think the third thing um, that we have to do and we have to expose our kids to is the power of their potential. 
I don't believe as parents we do this enough. We don't expose our kids to the power of their potential. Um, have you ever had someone in your life see potential in you and then they, they, um, you didn't see in yourself? Like they, they saw something in you and they called it out in you, but you didn't really see it in yourself. You ever, you ever had that? Okay. Um, there was a pastor 15 years ago that said, there's something different about you, Brad. I think you would make a great pastor. And I remember thinking, whatever, okay. And he kept saying it. Brad, I think you're going to make a great pastor. He changed it from I think you would make a great pastor to I think you're going to make a great pastor. And I, finally, I was just like, and by the way, that pastor was Pastor Stephen Nutt, our lead pastor. 15 years ago at Impact Student Ministries on a Thursday night in Humble, Texas, right before a service, he, began, he said that for the first time. And I was like, what are you talking about? And after like five times of him saying this, I'm like, dude, I'm not gonna be a pastor, all right? Like I just spent five years and spent a billion dollars at Texas A&M. Like I'm not, I'm not gonna go be a pastor and make $5. We're not, that's not gonna happen, okay? Like I'm gonna go get a degree. I got my degree. We're gonna make some money. That's not going to happen, and he, he just kept saying, you're going to be a, a great pastor. And, I, and it's crazy because 15 years later, guess what I'm doing? <laughs> I'm a pastor. And it's, it took somebody else to see my potential and speak it over me. This is what well, I think one of our biggest jobs as dads is to see and expose the potential of our kids and then speak it over. Just speak it over and pull it out. I don't think our dads do that enough. And it's so crazy. I, this is, write this down because this, when I read this, I, I could not believe this. Do you know what parenting actually means? Parenting actually comes from the root word. It actually means to bring, the root word is actually a Latin word. It means to bring forth. To parent means to bring forth. And here's what I've learned. That God gives our kids, he places inside them all this potential. But what he wants us to do as dads and as moms, he wants us to do is to parent. He wants us to bring it forth. And he wants us to call it out in their lives. And what I've noticed is it will not often come out very easy. It will not just come forth on its own. Our, as parents, we have to bring it forth. And I want to show you a picture because Landon had five teeth pulled this week. Okay, he had five teeth pulled. This is them literally pulling teeth out. And if I showed you the x-ray, you would see that he has all these teeth. He's got all these kind of teeth that are in his mouth right now. He's here right now, so we've got to be sweet to him. Okay, but, but he has all these teeth that are coming up and trying to come down that have this potential to come out. But sometimes you have to have a, he came home all bloody and nasty and swollen. Sometimes you have to, as parents, you're going to have a painful pull in order to get to the powerful potential. And if you're a parent, you understand how painful it can be to parent our kids. And um, the other day, um, Braden, so Braden is a, a great athlete, but he doesn't, he doesn't play baseball. Landon and, Landon and I, we play baseball. I've coached Landon in baseball. Braden plays, he played soccer growing up. He plays basketball. He plays tennis. And the other day, we're, we're, Landon and I were going to go out and throw the baseball. That's what we do. 
And, and we said, hey, Brayden, do you want to come out and throw the baseball with us? And he's like, yeah, I'll come out and throw the baseball. And so the three of us were throwing, and, and we were all just kind of throwing, you know. And Braden kind of, his mechanics, he doesn't play baseball, so his mechanics were kind of off, and he was throwing it. And I said, dude, you can throw the baseball better than that. And, and next thing you know, I'm kind of trying to teach him. No, we put that foot down. And, 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 and he's, you know, and I said, you could throw the baseball better than that. Come on, Braden. And then Landon all of a sudden saying, that, come on, Braden, you could throw the baseball better than that. And so we're kind of getting on to him. And, and 10, 15 minutes later, we go back inside and we're, we're inside the house. And I noticed that Landon, or Braden's countenance just kind of changed. He, he went from kind of being upbeat to just, almost irritated and frustrated and almost like disappointed. And I said, are you okay? By the time Landon's going, hey, let's go play basketball. Let's go play basketball. And I looked at Braden and I said, are you, dude, are you okay? What's wrong? Big old tears just welled up in his eyes. And Landon's like, come on, let's go play basketball. I said, catch me outside. How about it? Okay, like I was like, stop. <laughs> He's like, stop, dad. <laughs> but, but Landon goes outside. I looked at Braden. I said, Braden, what's wrong? He started just crying, and he said, I'm not good at anything. I'm like, what? I mean, if you know Braden, this kid is a great athlete. He gets the stinking principles award almost every year in school. He makes all A's, ruins the curve for everybody. Um, and, and the other day, he, made, he makes all A's so much, he got a 56 on a language arts test. And I, my... My, what, you know, when I came home and said, good, thank God he failed something. I mean, well, they made a mistake on, on grading the test. He ended up making a 96 on it. I'm like, ah, can't win for losing or can't lose for winning, whatever it is. The kid is amazing. How on earth does he think I'm not good at anything? And I want to tell you what happens. This is what so often happens. I believe the enemy knows your kid's potential. I honestly do. I don't know if he knows exactly what they're called to do, but he knows that God does not waste anything. He knows God has a plan and a purpose for your kids, and he knows it. And he can't do anything about the call because the Bible says that your giftings and your call are irrevocable. He knows he can't do anything about it, but what he loves to do is to distract He loves to frustrate you. He loves to make you get focused on something else. And so the other day, just to give an example, um, Elise and I, we were in, this is several years ago, we were in Mexico. How many of you have been to Mexico? Okay, we all need to go to Mexico together. It's gonna be awesome. Um, but we went, to, we went to Mexico. We go and we buy the all-inclusive plan. And you know, the, you know where you get all your meals free and it's awesome. And so we get there and I'm so excited. My wife's love language is food, okay? It's nothing else. It's not quality time, it's food, all right? And so we go there for two things and one of them is food, all right? And so um, we're not gonna talk about the other thing, but basically... <laughs> Um, for the beach, guys. What are you? <laughs> but we go there for food, and it's amazing. We get there, and I'm looking at this, and the menu is all out. I got the all-inclusive plan. I'm seeing filet mignon. I'm seeing salmon. It's amazing. And I'm like looking at it. The prices are on there, $60, $50. I'm like, whatever. I have the all-inclusive plan. I'll take two of those, you know. Sir, you have one stomach. Oh, I can handle it. Okay, and, and, we're, and I'm about to order, and I see at the bottom of the menu, it says tax and tip not included. I'm like, what? This is what they do to you. This, who's they, by the way? I don't know when they say that. But this is what happens. You, they get you. They ricky-do you, okay, is what happens is they get you 
to buy the all-inclusive plan, and then they get you on tax and tip. And I did the math. It's like 30%. I'm like, this is a $100 meal. This is going to be $30. 30, 30 times three meals plus the snacks. I mean, this is $150 a day. We're going to be there all week. This is a $700, $800 bill I'm about to get hit with. And I'm like, this is terrible. You said all-inclusive. I'm frustrated. It, I backed off on my whole vacation. I literally was like, I'm not going to order the best thing. You recommend the salmon, but I'm not going to pay the tax and tip and all that. And I was like, no. And we're not going to do it. I see how expensive that is. And it frustrated me the whole vacation. This is so frustrating. I was worried about every time I saw a menu. I'm frustrated. And we get to the end, and I was about to tell the concierge what I think, okay? And we're, I'm ready, and she hands me the final bill, and it says amount owed zero. <laughs> what about the tax and the tip at the bottom? And she goes, Oh, no, Mr. Levins, you have the all-inclusive plan. You didn't have to worry about the tax and the tip. Well, that's not what it said on the bottom. And I said, are you mean to tell me that I left all this great food on the table? I said, nope. I know it's the last day, but I still got my band on, okay? And I need a doggy bag. Here's what I need. I need three fillets. <laughs> it's like, sir. And I was so mad. And the Holy Spirit said this to me. You got so focused on the tax and the tip that you missed your trip. And it really did. I was worried the whole time. And here's what the enemy does to our kids. God has this all-inclusive plan, this worry-free plan for their life. But we get so consumed with so many things, the enemy will love to redirect. He loves to make you read the bottom, the fine print at the bottom of the menu of your lives. And he will have you worried about failure, worried about uh, fear. He'll have you start doing comparisons. Well, they can throw a fastball or they made the basketball team and I didn't. And here's what the Holy Spirit said to me. Your potential is meant for your purpose. Quit comparing your potential to someone else's purpose. It will never fit. And I, I, Landon, when he was a little bitty baby, he used to say this to me. He, used to, or he didn't say this to me. What he did when he was a little bitty baby, he would look at us, and every time he would grab our hands, his, our heads, with his, our head with his hand, and he would, he would like literally go, you have to focus on me. And every time we'd look away, you know how little babies do? They, they redirect your face like they want you to look at them and them alone. They want your undivided attention. I think that's what the Holy Spirit is saying to us today. As fathers, what we have to do is we have to expose the power of their potential, and they are going to get sidetracked. They are going to start reading reading the bottom, the fine print that was never meant for their life. And it, we, God has this, God told me this, it's not an all-inclusive plan. It is an all-exclusive plan. It is meant specifically for them. And what we have to do as fathers is that we have to, we have to expose it. We have to bring it forth and speak it out over their lives. Oftentimes as parents, we're the first people to see the vision, see the call on our kids' lives. It is our job to bring it forth and to protect it in their lives. I feel like the Holy Spirit wanted me to read this to Braden. I know he's right there, but this is what I feel like God wanted to say to Braden is, Braden, you're right. I never wanted you to just be good. I'm calling you to be great, to be a world changer, but you be patient for your purpose will be revealed in pieces in your life. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. He who began a good work in you will be faithful and just to complete it. Your potential and your purpose are a perfect fit. Don't get distracted. Don't focus on the achievement of others. You keep your focus on me and I will make you into one of the greatest leaders of God in your generation. We, we have to speak it over their lives and to bring it forth. I want to pray for you, but I just want to remind you what this is. 
We have to expose our kids to the power of honor. We have to expose our kids to their potential. We have to expose it. We have to, we have to, we have to expose our kids to the power of God by attending church. Like, make this a priority. Make God a priority in your life personally. It will change your kids' lives. Let me pray a blessing over every family here. Lord, I thank you, God, for every family. We thank you for Father's Day. Lord, we don't wanna not say this. God, we, we, you are our heavenly Father, and so, God, we say happy Father's Day to you. We honor you today, God. Lord, all week I've been praying specifically for families, and I pray, God, that honor would be restored in relationships today. I pray health and wholeness and relations over relationships today. God, I pray that we would expose the power of who you are in the church, in our lives personally, that our kids would, would catch this by watching us. We would model it in their lives, Lord. God, I pray for every family here. God, I just pray a blessing over every family here. If you don't know Jesus, if you've never met Jesus, I think there's no better time to do that than on Father's Day. And if you say, Brad, I, I don't know Christ. I don't know what that looks like to have Christ in my heart. What I'd love to do is just, I'm not gonna make you do anything weird. You're not gonna have to, to stand up or come down to the front, but I would love to pray over you and just pray for you. If that's you, would you just simply raise your hand and just say, I, I, Brad, would you pray for me? I want to know Jesus. I want him in my, in my heart and in my life. Just pray this simple prayer. Just say, God, I need you in my life. I have fallen short in my life, and I need you. And I ask, God, that you would come into my heart. And I pray that today would be a cornerstone day for every person who prayed that simple prayer. The Bible says if you will believe it in your heart and you'll confess it with your mouth, that you can be saved. Lord, we thank you, God, for today. We thank you for this Father's Day. Pray blessings over every family. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give it up one more time for all of our dads? Thank you for listening. For more messages and information about Creekwood Church, visit us at creekwoodchurch.com.